The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape on the W2M Network with The Kickoff, episode 17. Good evening, everybody, or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. My name is Harry Broadhurst. I am your host. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host, Brandon Biscabing. Hey, guys. What's up? Eric Watkins. I've been proven right in the worst possible way. Hello. And the returning Stevener. Yay! Glad to be back. <laughs> we missed you. Don't worry. We'll have more to say about your absence a little bit later on. Right here on the kickoff. <laughs> In addition, the man on the ones and twos and the guy who will probably join us for our predictions for the New Year Six a little bit later on is indeed the head honcho of the W2M, Sean Garmer. Speaking of which, if you would like any more information about the W2M wrestling to the mask wrestling to the max podcast or any of its affiliated podcasts. You can check us out online at www.w2mnet.com or search for W2M network, wherever you listen to podcasts. Odds are you'll find us there. With that being said, guys, what do you say we get this show started? It's time for studs and duds. You know what, Steven, since you're just back this week, I'll let you go first. Who's your stud for this week? My stud for the week is Rams running back Todd Gurley, who is arguably up for MVP award after yet another good performance against the Tennessee Titans. Rams are the NFC West champions for the first time in 2003. Things are just – they're looking up in Los Angeles. Yeah, the other team in Los Angeles has given me grief, though. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on here. It's, it's crazy when a running back has the most receiving yards – throughout the league in a week. Well, Bisco, since you're chiming in here, why don't you go ahead and go next? Who's your okay. stud for this week? My, my stud for this week, I'm going to the defensive end. I hate saying this because it was against my Giants, but Antoine Bethea had two interceptions in the uh, Cardinals shutout over the Giants this past week and had a really solid game on the defensive end. Speaking of interceptions, segue, Eric. Uh, th- thank you very much for the segue and for the segue sound effect, because <laughs> I will explain my stud in a mere five words. Marshawn Lattimore, hashtag asscatch. <laughs> I still have no idea how that ball didn't hit the ground. I looked at the replay from several different angles, and I have no idea how he was able to balance that ball right in the crack of his ass. That's why you do squats, ladies and gentlemen. That right there. You know what game I definitely would not want to play against, Marshawn? Drop the potato. (laughs) I feel like that would be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. (sighs) So, Eric gave his stud for the week based off of one play. My stud for the week is based off of one play, too. The team that my stud played for this week got absolutely reamed by the Pittsburgh Steelers on Christmas Day 34-6. to 
But if that wasn't the best touchdown catch of the season by DeAndre Hopkins, I'd like somebody to show me a better one. No clue how he came down with that football. None whatsoever. Texans got rolled, but DeAndre was a stud. uh, DeAndre Hopkins rolled a natural 20 for acrobatics on that catch. (laughs) I feel like that's a Dungeons and Dragons reference, and I don't get it. It it is. I've been watching a lot of Harmon Quest lately, so yeah, (laughs) I'm in that mood. Ah, okay. Well, at least I got the uh, I got the the notification. I got the genre. At least I'm <laughs> I'm getting better in my nerddom, kind of. Very well done. That was a very good perception check on your part. All right, let's bring it around the other way here, and let's go with duds. Steven, hit me. Oh, Mister Err. I do get back to my Skype app. Dud for the week is James Winston, the once promising Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback, has just fallen off the rocker. The man can't hold on to the ball. He can't make good passes. And he also can't keep his cool. But he's my dud for the week because he really pushed the man in a tan suit, something you don't do no matter who you are, in a pit of rage. Maybe the tan suit deserved it. Just kind of in the way, but I will say this: Winston's performance this year could be one of the reasons that gets Dirk Cutter fired. In which case, I will laugh hysterically. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of shocked as well. Oh, what what was his name? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Lovey Smith, Uh, the Jacksonville coach. Jack Del Rio? The current Jacksonville coach. Doug Marone. <laughs> Doug Marone. Doug Marone. Yes. If you'd have told me that Doug Marone was going to win more games this season than Dirk Cutter in Tampa Bay was, I'd have called you a liar. <laughs> yeah. I thought they would have been on par because you know all about Doug Marone turning a terrible talent into some surprisingly winning seasons, don't you, Harry? Yeah. <laughs> I know about him being an absolute ass clown when it comes to contract extensions, too. Right? <laughs> me. I'm still bitter about that, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> he is he is to the NFL what Urban Meyer is to me as a college coach. Meyer can bite <laughs> me, too. <laughs> Anywho, with that being said, Brandon, you're up. Dud, hit me. My... my, my- my dud did a complete 180 from last week. He was my stud last week, and now he's gone in the completely opposite direction. Blake Bortles, three interceptions against San Francisco. Yes, I know San Francisco is on the rise right now. They've won, what, four straight now? Um, but still, you're supposed to be a team, and and I hate to say that Eric was right, but it looks like Eric's going to be right with his Jaguars, that they're finally going to start, uh, you know, wetting the bed now after having a great season. And now just as you go into the playoff picture and start heading towards January, uh, you start falling off the wagon. That's not very good. 
I warned people. <laughs> yeah, but look at the bright side, Eric. You guys have a playoff spot clinched and a home game. This is true, but that makes me even more scared. The fact <laughs> that I've heard advertisements, hey, get your Jaguars playoff tickets. They're on Saturday. <laughs> and I'm like, do people understand what exactly this means? Uh, this means that you guys are going to be heading for the doors if what I hope happens happens in round one of the postseason. Oh, God. It, uh, I'm having flashbacks to 99 all over again just for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, why don't you vent some frustrations and get your dud off of your chest? Okay. Now, Harry, you picked your stud because of a play. I picked my stud because of a play. My dud is a play. Now, if everybody <laughs> stayed up and were sober enough through an eggnog stupor to see the very end of the Monday night game, first of all, kudos to you. Second of all, you're probably scratching your head, as you should be. I think we need to have the official retirement of the end of the game hook and ladder. What happened with Stanford Cal in 82 is not going to happen again. And for the second time this season, we've seen this go the other way and have the defense score a touchdown. It just it, give me a break, people. We've got to the point where it's not working. You know what really sucks is whoever had the uh, Raiders with the points for the Monday night game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, they did mention that on Bad Beats. It was a late ad. Which, for the record, if you guys haven't given Scott Van Pelt's version of Sports Center a shot, I highly recommend it. Thoroughly entertaining. As do I. Classic, good stuff. Um. So my dud for the week. Uh, so you know how the big talk in Detroit over the last couple of years with the regards of the signing, the re-signing of Stafford and the hopes and wishes to get over the retirement of Megatron is restore the roar? Yeah. yeah well, after that performance against Cincinnati on Sunday, it's now head for the door. Because <laughs> there will be no postseason in Motown. The Lions choke away a potential playoff spot, losing to the hapless Bengals 26-15. See, now this is a team. This is why I push for certain markets to have soccer teams. Detroit kind of needs this right about now. I just, I find the roar hilarious. <laughs> Especially since we kind of have that on lock because that's the name of the Jaguars cheerleading squad. But comparing the Jaguars cheerleading squad and Detroit football, you know what? I'm going to shut up before I offend people. <laughs> I've done that enough already. I feel like there's a whole lot of ladies' private parts between both teams. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I've offended everybody, let's go ahead and get into so that happened. James Harrison is a New England Patriot. What the? F yeah, this was one of those things to where I'm not 100% surprised. I mean, he wasn't getting into the lineup, only appearing in what, five games this season? 
Five he, games in a total of 40 snaps. He wanted out, and the Patriots love to pick up stars from former teams, especially in potentially critical situations. So, eh, this one, everything kind of aligned in just a certain way. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a shock, um, but, I mean, for the for the Patriots, it's certainly a good pickup for them uh, because it should certainly help them. Uh, Harry and uh, Eric, well, mostly Harry, because I think you're the only one, except for me, and obviously Sean, that's the wrestling fans in this, uh, in this group, but... Uh, did you see uh, what NFL memes posted today in regards to that? A little joke on there. I can't say. Oh, the uh, thing about Harrison having Big Ben in his sights and then ripping off his Patriots jersey yes. to reveal a Steelers yes. jersey? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I did see that. <sighs> that. I mean, this is just. I mean, it's a good pickup for the for the Patriots. It'll be interesting to see if they do meet up in the in the playoff to playoffs uh, because of how Harrison hasn't been doing anything with the Steelers all year. Like, I like I like the signing for New England, and if there's anything that we've seen in New England, it's players that have been put on the scrap heap, and other teams come to New England and become stars again. Oh yeah. At the same time, though, is Harrison somebody whose personality Belichick is comfortable dealing with in that locker room? Because Belichick's but, never really had that super aggressive personality in the locker room outside of a guy like Randy Moss. The thing about that, and, and you brought up Randy Moss, I feel like Belichick does not pick up players that he does not think he can control. So if he had any qualms about not being able to control Harrison's temper and Harrison's personality, no matter how good of a player he is, Belichick would not have picked him up. So I don't think there's any worry about that. Anyone else have anything with this here in regards to how Harrison's going to fit in that locker room? It's a good point that you said though. Oh, you go ahead. I was just going to say that Harry made a good point that James Harris is pretty much a diva and Bill Belichick is all about the professionalism. Like he, when he, like I've, I've heard that him and Brady aren't even friends. They don't hang out outside of the stadium, outside of the practice or anything. They're, they keep it strictly business. So I'm going to be interested to see two things, how Belichick handles this diva in James Harrison. And last year in the AC title game, Le'Veon Bell got shut down against the Patriots. I want to see Harrison shut down Bell this year in the AC championship game as well. We look forward to that. Assuming it comes down to New England and Pittsburgh, there is no guarantee that it does. Oh. oh. Records state otherwise sure. right now, but hey, this is the postseason. Anything can happen. And I mean... For example, oh, go ahead, Eric. No, I was going to say, even if it does or doesn't, this is still a lot of valuable intel that the Patriots could get in case they do meet in the AFC title game. So I think the Diva situation, that's going to cool down a teeny bit during this run. 
But uh, keep an eye on what kind of tells and tips that Harrison gives. We're going to end up seeing what happens if Pittsburgh and New England end up meeting in the postseason. I personally am not sure that that happens. There is a reason because I think that there is a team that New England may face that could potentially have their number. We'll talk about that more come next week when we get into our playoff predictions. So instead, we move on with So That Happened. And I'm actually looking over here, and I'm going to stay with New England for something that I have to give credit for, even though I personally can't stand the guy. As an athlete, you can't help but respect his body of work. At the age of 40, Tom Brady has become the first quarterback to throw for 30 touchdowns past that age in NFL history. Yeah, it's crazy that he's still going. I mean, it seems like every year there's always the talk at the beginning of the season of, is this the year that Brady finally slows down? And every year he's like, nope, I'm immortal. Screw you. Well, we thought it was going to be the the year this year after his performance against Kansas City, because as we talked about here on the show after that original game, Brady looked tired out there against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New England's lost two games the rest of the season. Yeah. One of which was a probable fluke down in Miami. Well, I wouldn't say the Miami game was a fluke simply because, again, Tom Brady always struggles in Miami, regardless of what happens. But not just looking at his touchdown numbers, look at his yard passing yards. Most by a quarterback over the age of 40 and on pace to become the oldest quarterback in NFL history to lead the league in passing yards. Whatever the whole situation between his diet and the TV 12 method and Alex Guerrero, everything seems to be working. Steven? I'm sorry, what was it? I missed everything. Uh, just discussing the fact that Brady has become the first quarterback over the age of 40 to throw for 30 touchdown passes in a season. The guy, I mean, you see his Instagram photos, see him all over social media, the guy's not lost a step. It's amazing. He's 40 years old. Any other player over the age of 35, that's it for them. I mean, like, they're either injured, they have something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with Brady. Even after his ACL tear 10 years, almost 10 years ago. Has not lost a step. Still winning Super Bowls. Still breaking records. This, There's no argument that Brady is the greatest player in NFL history at this point. Now, My, now the question is how much longer does he – can he go? I don't, all right. I don't know if I'd go with the greatest player in NFL history. No. Because I'm not even sure he's the best quarterback in NFL history. But the argument can certainly be made for him being among the all-time greats. Mm. I like to see how this season ends for him because if it does end a certain way, I might have to put him as the best quarterback in NFL. 
All right, let's go ahead and talk about some of the other stuff that happened this weekend in the National Football League here. And one of the very first things that I want to talk about here is an ESPN.com poll that has been released where they polled the NFL players, 151 different players specifically, as to what they felt was the greatest touchdown celebration this season in the NFL. Gentlemen, would any of you like to venture your guess as to where you would put numbers one through four? Let's see if you guys can get all four of them. Um. I'll start things off with Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek is ranked second. Mm. Brandon? Um, I'm going to put um, the Duck Duck Goose. Number one. Okay. Nice. Steven? I like the one where the Steelers were bench pressing on each other against the Colts. That was, like, that was a good one. Not listed in the top four. The other two in the top four are the Philadelphia Eagles electric slide celebration and the Kansas City Chiefs potato sack race, which uh, I will seeing that one live, that one made me chuckle. <laughs> I like the electric slide one because they wound up having to do it twice, and they did it better the second time. Honorable mention to me. To once again add another one by the Steelers this particular Monday night on Christmas Day with the snowball fight. Hmm. Even though NBC's camera crew completely fudged and missed it the first time around. Hmm. They had to show it on replay in order to show everybody what it was. Hmm. <laughs> Honorable mention to me is the Eagles going bowling. That was good. Oh, yeah, that one was a good one as well. Uh, my honorable mention, mainly because I'm one of the few people on the planet that pay attention to this in the Olympics, the speed walking race. <laughs> and in, yep. in, in NBC's defense, the snowball fight wasn't in the perfect position to begin with in relation to the NBC camera guy. I will also give NBC credit for one here because I'm going to bring up one that Eric brought up a while back on the show here. The NBA celebration with the basketball shot and then NBC very astutely playing the NBA on NBC theme song right afterwards. Oh, yeah, that was great call by the NBC producer right there. Go ahead and talk about the one from this Monday night's game that you saw, Eric, that made you chuckle. Well, well, as far as with the producer moments, when they were taught, when the team was, when they were describing all of the Texans injuries and that little clip, and I listened and I was like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, did they use the theme song to ER? And I kept listening to it and I waited for the piano to kick it and I'm like, yes, they did. These producers are really stepping it up musically this season. They are on the ball. <laughs> now, now all we need is just a um, we we need someone to like do a slap shot or something so they can use the NHL one. And <laughs> I do love me some NHL on NBC. Doc Emmerich is the man. Winter oh, Classic, yeah. New Year's Day, counting down to it. Uh, I love I love outdoor hockey, but it's it's all about the bowl games, man. Especially since three of the games we'll be talking about are happening on New Year's Day this year. Dual screen, bro. If I can do it, anyone can. Hockey <laughs> over fake football. 
Hey, you leave college football alone, you hater. I just want real competition. All right, let's go ahead and talk about some of, some of your guys' takeaways for this week here. Do you guys have anything to add to so that happened for the week? Uh, I, I'm very thankful, and I got a bit of a Christmas gift that the playoffs it, scenarios aren't as chaotic as they could have been. <laughs> Sorry. Playoffs? Moment there. Carry on, Eric. Well, I, I, I'm thankful that the scenarios aren't as chaotic as they could have been because, and as I've mentioned before, I just didn't know that it would be this long. This is the first time since the NFL went to a 16-game schedule in 1978 that the season will not end with a primetime game. The last time it happened was week 14 of 1977. Interesting fact. Yeah, the final week that they only played 14 regular season games. The final season, they only played 14 regular season games. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot Since of then, that. Go ahead. Oh, Brady. go ahead. I, I think a lot of that, and I know they're playing up the fact that like they don't want any teams. You know, they don't want to put a game in there that could be meaningless at the end. But I, I do think a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that it's New Year's Eve. Yeah, I would assume so as well, because you don't want to take the chance of that NFL game running late and into bumping um, the Carson Daly in his New Year's Eve coverage. Because God knows no one throws a hissy fit quite like Carson Daly. <laughs> and, and especially the fact that uh, under normal circumstances, the game would kick off 8-15-8-20. Say you have a lot of passing plays or the ultimate worst case scenario overtime. Yeah, you could see a game-winning kick as the ball drops. I don't think too many people would be a fan of that. No. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Football. (laughs) I got one takeaway, and it just happened today, actually. Uh, Eric might not like this, but the future is right for Florida State. This team started, what, one and three, probably worse. Went from number three in the country to nothing in the country. And still managed to make a bowl game in which they dominated Southern Miss. And now they have a new, co- new head coach. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, how they do next season. I mean, it's Southern Miss. Do you really expect anything? That's not the point, Brando. The point is that they've had this comeback season. Sorry, for, forgive me for not caring about Florida State. <laughs> oh, yeah, Harry, don't like you. I forgot Harry's a Florida fan. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we got this. Uh, CMR knows what he's doing down there. We aight. <laughs> it is interesting if we have nothing else to add for So That Happened that that's going to be the segue into our talk of the New Year's Six. <laughs> Anybody have anything to add here, or am I hitting the sound effect again? Nope, let's do it. Sound effect. Segway! (laughs) Yes, indeed. This is normally the time of the show where we would do our buy or sell segment. However, given the fact that the six biggest bowl games in college football, regardless of the fact that there are 34 others for some unknown... Back on the medication. All about the green. It's money. 
Money. Money. Back on the medication. Must not hyperventilate. Back on the medication. <laughs> hey, you're you're almost as bad as me. You should be just as mad about this as I am. I actually like the bowl games, but I like the ones that matter. I could give a crap less about what happens when New Mexico State and plays you Utah only State. really care about two. Well, no, I care about six, and specifically because this, the four of us schmucks are going to predict all six, and five if Sean wants to jump in. Sean, are you jumping in for the NY6 predictions or what? I guess it's a no. I guess that's a what then. <laughs> yeah, that must be an or what. It's all right. We'll make it work without him. There's four of us. We we have enough content here, as I almost spell my pop. All right. So let's get to this, and in order of convenience, we're going to do these in chronological order, starting with the earliest and then making our way up to, to, the, to the two playoff semifinals. Try saying that five times fast, but that's all, folks. Heads up. We are not, not predicting the national championship game tonight. Okay. We are doing that next weekend on the college football finale of the kickoff. And then, we'll and then obviously we'll talk next week about our uh, wild card weekend playoff predictions too. Yep. Which means you guys realize this will be the last, uh, this will be the last week for RU series. Oh yeah. Perfect. Because sound for another sound effect. If somebody wants to work on that as a late Christmas present, I tried to get him to work on that. Rather or not he was able to get it or not is up to him because me and Bisco talked to him about this yesterday. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. So with that so, being the next week, next week, you're going to have to get the uh, full standings then for are you serious? Oh, God, this I got to I got to track the last three weeks then because I'm a little bit behind on my trackings, but I can do that. No problem. And we start off our predictions for the New Year's Six with a doozy. The Cotton Bowl Classic. Oh, yes. December 29th in Dallas, Texas. Well, technically, wouldn't it be a Cowboy State? No, it's in the Cotton Bowl itself, isn't it? Yeah, no, Cowboy Stadium. Cowboy Stadium. So it is, it is in Irvine, Texas. Yep. Arlington. Arlington now? Arlington, Actually, yeah, yeah, that's right. I can never keep those Texas cities apart <laughs> whatever anyways it is the currently ranked number eight usc trojans and the number five ohio state buckeyes and to the ohio state fans that are still bitching about the fact that they didn't get into the playoff don't lose to iowa by 30 and we'll talk <laughs> yeah i <laughs> can't counter that oh lord all right so let's get to it gentlemen cotton bowl classics up first brandon start us I'm going to go Ohio State over USC. Uh, Yes, USC had a um, good finish to their season after having a mediocre start, but I still think Ohio State, especially after feeling gypped off of the playoff, they're going to be going in looking to do business against USC. Steven. Uh, This is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, New Year's Six Bulls this year. I, 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 well, well, can't talk tonight. Before the season started, I was not buying Sam Darnold. I thought he was overrated. And wanted to see how he'd do without Juju Smith-Schuster, without the Dory Jackson. 
Eh, I mean, you know, he's done okay. I can't really hate on him here. But Ohio State's definitely winning this Cotton Bowl game. But I, I really, I'm really hoping for a very close game. Eric. I think for the they're going to have the exact opposite reaction. I think Ohio State will be hung up about not making the playoff. While I think they're going to have a good effort, it's going to be a bit of a letdown. And I think that with the men of Troy and Sam Darnold, with one last opportunity before the potential combine, with one final opportunity before the combine, I think Sam Darnold's going to put up a big game. I think the Trojans take this one. (sighs) I debated debated seriously because I'm actually using my predictions off of the predictions that I made for the college football bowl mania thing that we did for W2M which currently Bizco's leading which I'm not sure how that happened am I leading I I haven't even really like I've semi paid attention to it you you have 12 points me Eric and Gary all have 11 in fairness I've missed four in a row though or I'd be doing better. Anyway, I very seriously considered having USC win this game for the exact reason that Eric just gave and the fact that this is Sam Darno's final opportunity to put on a show before the Combine where he's going to put on a show before he goes to Cleveland where he's going to be showcased as the epitome of what happens when you start a rookie quarterback in the NFL next year. (laughs) Especially off an 0-16 season in which not only do I get to see Hugh Jackson jump in the lake, I've been putting it out on Twitter about me being Grand Marshal for the parade. Come on, folks. Clock's ticking. <laughs> I'm willing to negotiate here. Don't do it for a couple of cases of Patron. Who are you kidding? I'll do it for a few things of three olives. <laughs> I got Ohio State in this one just simply for the fact that Despite the fact that there there is going to be a little bit of a hangover over the fact that they're not in the college football playoff, this is still USC. And this is a college football rivalry that goes back to the days of the Rose Bowl here. They're not going to want to lose a game to USC. And Urban Meyer will have these boys fired up. He's always been good at getting teams motivated for bowl games, with the exception of last year's game against Clemson, because that was hilarious. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Ohio State as well here, which means Eric flies solo. Usually when that happens on this show, he proves us all wrong, so look for USC to win. (laughs) Saturday, December 30th, 4 p.m. on ESPN, because they overpaid for all of these games. The Pac-12 champion – or the Pac – excuse me, the Pac-12 runner-up – Washington Huskies take on the Big 12, the the Big 10 East runner-up Penn State Nittany Lions. I got to tell you guys, this is the game that I think is going to surprise a lot of people with how unclose it's going to be. I'll give my official prediction here in just a few seconds. Steven, you start us off for this one. I'm not excited for this game as much as because of the last year I said Washington was overrated. They've done well again this year, but I mean, obviously they didn't well do enough to win the Pac-12. And Penn State, they started out, you know, hot. They were the, they were the team to beat. 
And uh, over the last couple of weeks, I haven't seen much of Saquon Barkley. I feel like he will step up in this game, and he will be the key, as Penn State does be Washington in the Fiesta Bowl. Eric. I mean, let's really, really, really be for real. Really? Yes, <laughs> really. Washington, <laughs> not only were they not good enough to win the Pac-12, they didn't even win their division. Stanford did. And with all the hype between Penn State and Ohio State and that great matchup and everything surrounding Saquon Barkley, you really think he's not going to go out and fall out one more time himself? Yeah. I think Washington is flat out deflated. And I think Penn State takes this one going away. Yeah, I mentioned the fact that I don't think this is going to be close. Uh, Eric pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Penn State in a blowout over the Huskies. Two, three scores minimum would not surprise me. Penn State by at least 21. Yeah, we're all in agreement. I'm also taking Penn State uh, by a pretty a pretty decisive not exactly how many, but I think this <laughs> this will be one of those games where it's over pro- I maybe not by halftime, but mostly thereafter. Later on that evening, Saturday, December 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. if you're on the West Coast. The number six Wisconsin Badgers and the number 10 Miami Hurricanes in the Orange Bowl. Thanks for giving Miami a home game on ESPN. Eric, you start us off here. First of all, can I give a good little shout out to the committee? For giving us a home game. I mean, yeah. What the bullshit is this? (laughs) The the, the season didn't end the way that we wanted, but we did get rewarded. So uh, big ups to the crew. I can't be terribly mad at you, but uh, a little bit of home cooking, New Year's South Beach, hoping and praying the players stay out of trouble because, yeah, Badgers are ripe for the picking. So obviously Eric's picking the U. I'm going to agree with Eric here. I think Wisconsin having to basically play what amounts to a road game is horrendously unfair for the season that Wisconsin had going undefeated until the Big the Big Ten title. I almost called the Big Ten the Big 12 again. Going undefeated until the Big Ten title game and their loss to Ohio State. That being said, having to play what basically amounts to a road game in their bowl game sucks for them, and Miami is going to win this. Brandon. Yeah, I actually forgot that this was pretty much essentially going to be a home game for Miami, which makes – I was originally going to choose Wisconsin over Miami, but I think – I'm still going to stick with Wisconsin winning this game, uh, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. It's going to be a very close game. Um, This is basically the uh, consolation bowl game of the year of the two teams that had – their destiny in their hands and blew it at the end of the year. 
I'm going to go ahead and hit the sound effect right now here for you for Pickett, Wisconsin. Ah! <laughs> yeah, well, I'll send you a replica turnover chain, Bisco. How, how does that sound? Uh, how much do those replica turnover chains go for? Uh, some of them, if they're done just right, do go for upwards of 150 bucks. So don't expect a top shelf replica. <laughs> I only put so much money. You're getting the plastic one, Brandon, and you're gonna like it, Stephen. Yes, yes, thank you, Aaron. <laughs> well, Brandon. hey, you you want to hear something pretty crazy about my prediction? And I think this just shows that a lot of people don't realize that this is essentially a Miami home game. Um, on on the ESPN Capital One Bowl Mania. I'm looking at it, too. Yeah, 65% of voters are voting for Wisconsin. Okay, I I see how this is, John Q. Public. Okay, <laughs> I, we'll find out. <laughs> Y'all been still hitting that eggnog. It's okay. I understand completely. <laughs> Meanwhile, the University of Miami fans such as Eric are all thinking to themselves, you are all cordially invited to stick it. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, your pick. Brandon's picking Wisconsin Badgers to win the Orange Bowl. Not so fast, my friend. I love oh, a big fan of Jonathan of Taylor. I'm a big fan of the Jonathan Taylor. I love what he's done for Wisconsin. But I have not seen him play in a warm-weather game this season. And like Rando said, it's a home game for Miami. Turnover chain's coming out. We already know. Miami's going to win the Orange Bowl. It's going to be close. But Miami's going to win. Okay. We'll get back to the New Year's Six predictions here. But the next match in the Bowl Mania thing is one I have to touch on here. Michigan takes on South Carolina in the oh, Outback Bowl. The last time that happened, a Michigan running back got hit so hard he woke up and thought he was in the NFL. Jadavion <laughs> <laughs> County absolutely de-helmeted a Michigan running back. Do we see a repeat performance at the Outback Bowl? Does a South Carolina defender knock a helmet off of a Michigan running back? No, yes or no? Because there is no Jadavian uh, Clowney on South Carolina this year. As much as I want to say yes, I'm going to have to say no. I, If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan gets some sort of revenge and it goes the other way, but yeah. it, no. I'm yeah, sure. happening. Yeah, I'm sorry, but as long as Michigan's quarterback is John O'Kern, I'm picking South Carolina. No, I'm, I'm saying South Carolina has a chance to win. But I'm just saying, Michigan could still try to get one of those hits as revenge. Not to mention, they're going to want to put on a good enough show for Shea Patterson when he comes to town. Yep. So, we move on to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Monday, January 1st, because Chick-fil-A won't sponsor anything on a Sunday. Make your own joke here. As the Central Florida Knights, the only undefeated team in college football... Get rewarded with a game against the SEC runner-up Auburn Tigers. <laughs> Steven Pick. I assume Harry's laughing because he knows UCF has no chance against Auburn. I mean, yeah, they're undefeated, but 
Auburn's an SEC team. USCCF's Barney Oka, the American. American that, Athletic, yes. Right there. It's, that That's a mismatch on its own. Auburn wins. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> Still laughing. You're going to laugh even harder than Harry because I'm going the Boise State and TCU route, and UCF is going to make the BC, the BCS suck it. The CFP. No, I'm still calling it the BCS because it's still a joke. They're going to make the college football playoff, or whatever you want to call it, the joke of a tournament. Suck it. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out, time out. You're picking UCF. Yes. We're done here. Good night, folks. (laughs) Show's over. We ain't getting any crazier than that. Eric. Yeah, Scott Frost, I love you, but you're going to have to take the L train all the way to Lincoln, Nebraska. It, as much as I want to root for you guys, have another Florida team be successful, just no. I, I've gone the sentimental route before, and I wind up getting burned repeatedly. So, no, nah, war damn eagle. Okay, first of all, there's only one L train we talk about on this show. <laughs> and we'll get train. Second. Um, back to my original statement about this game. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Congratulations, Central Florida. Welcome to your reward. <laughs> Gus Malzahn's about to put a beating on these boys. It will well, not no, be no, pretty. I, I will say it doesn't help that it's essentially an Auburn home game anyway. Yeah, let's let's have the game in Atlanta as well, just for shiggles. Yeah, I mean, it, they're not going to have too many bad memories of what happened the last time they were in that stadium. But hey, if you're UCF, just be glad that Chick-fil-A is actually open. You could be like the Falcons. <laughs> this is true. There is a Chick-fil-A inside of the stadium. Every fan should get a free sandwich, and every UCF player should get two to help them console in their loss. And uh, maybe a sandwich and some nuggets and a frozen lemonade. Oh, dear I, Lord. I, I, I still don't get that. That's probably the most boneheaded business decision I've ever heard. You put a you you put your restaurant in a stadium where its primary use you can you will not be open for. I will say this much. Them waffle fries are the business. Oh, yes. Chick-fil-A is delicious. I'm just saying. Like, like, what? How is that even financially sustainable? Uh, There's a joke to be made here, but I will offend so many people. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to keep my mouth mouth in check when it comes to discussing religion on this show. We're moving on. Not to mention Atlanta United. They play their games. Their fans get to eat Chick-fil-A, so it still works out. We move to the college football playoff semifinals here. Brandon, please keep your disdain to a minimum. As our first semifinal game is 5 o'clock Monday, January 1st. What do you do in New Year's Day, as the ESPN commercial so repeatedly reminded us? Georgia, Oklahoma. 
Um, is it just me or is this the redheaded stepchild of the semifinal games? <laughs> well, considering is how it is, the college football playoff at the Rose Bowl presented by Northwestern Mutual, they put themselves in that corner. Not to mention the fact that the last two national title games are a semifinal this year. Yeah, this is the redheaded stepchild of the college football playoff. But in my opinion, should be a very tightly contested game. You guys know me. I'm an SEC apologist. And it pains me to say this, but I got to cheer on the Bulldogs in this one. I'm picking Georgia. Brandon. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Georgia as well in this one. I think that they're going to go in there and they're going to want to uh, beat up Oklahoma and prove why, you know, they deserve to be in there. And I think they're going to do it. Steven. Uh, this is I like this game. But uh, I'm giving Oklahoma the edge, not just because of Baker Mayfield. No, wait. Yeah, I'm giving the edge because of Baker Mayfield. But the thing is with Oklahoma is they're 42nd against the run. They're going to be against Nick Chubb. They need to stop him if they want to win this game. If they, if they don't stop him, Baker Mayfield will have a really good game. And, um, yeah, going with Oklahoma. Not just Nick Chubb, but Sony Michelle as well. Yep. Yeah, him too. I, I knew who he was. I forgot the name. I just didn't know the name. It was a, it's a two-headed monster in that Georgia backfield. Trust me, Florida found that out the hard way in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Eric? Honestly, Baker, be prepared for the spotlight because it's only going to get worse for you for here. But you think because of that two-headed monster, it's going to be a lot less pressure on Jake Fromm? As much as I want to put Oklahoma in the title game, and thinking about it, I have to go Georgia on the narrowest of edges. Now, Georgia, don't do the Baker Mayfield the post game what Oregon did when they beat Jameis Winston in Florida State. That wouldn't be necessarily a good thing. It would be funny, but not a good thing. That moves us on to our final semifinal game and the last game that we will be predicting this evening as it is the number one Clemson Tigers taking on the number four Alabama Crimson Tide in the All-State Sugar Bowl Monday, January 1st, 8.45 p.m. on ESPN. Once again, when you paid as much money for these games as ESPN did, you better promote the crap out of them. And at least they're not doing these games on New Year's Eve like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they learned no lesson. Well, there was a reason why they did it on New Year's Eve last year. Um, listening? Because New Year's Day was on Sunday, and they also had to compete against the NFL. Not to mention, the role is part of the contract. The Rose Bowl remains January 1st. In a year, they play both semifinals and the Super New Year's Day. Uh, I think we lost Eric for a second there. I don't yeah. know if you guys yeah. I think, uh, uh, Eric, you might want to repeat that because you dropped for a second there. 
Okay, what I was saying was, is also as a part of the contract, the Rose Bowl gets the tradition of being played on New Year's Day. So years where the Rose and Sugar are your semifinals, they will both be played New Year's Day. Otherwise, you have any semifinal games be played New Year's Eve or thereabouts. See, I think it's dumb to put them on New Year's Eve, though, because people are out partying. People are out going to the bar. People are out spending time with their families and stuff there. Yeah. I mean, I'll be entirely honest with you. If the bowl games were – if the college football semifinals were on New Year's Eve this this year, I wouldn't be watching them because it would be the first New Year's Eve I'm spending with my girlfriend. New Year's Day, I will be able to watch one of them, but the other one will be on when Monday Night Raw is on, and my Raw reaction is returning New Year's Day, so I will be watching Raw instead. That being said, I will be paying very close attention to the Watch ESPN app with the intent of watching Clemson and Alabama, the two teams playing in the All-State Sugar Bowl, afterwards. Therefore, I will go first here, and I'm going to say that I think history repeats itself from last season. I think the Tigers win. I think that despite the fact that it's not Deshaun Watson anymore, it's now Kelly Bryant. This is a Clemson team with Dabo Sweeney as their coach that has Nick Saban's number. And after two of the best college football games ever played in the last two national title games, I think the third time is once again the charm, and Clemson wins the series two games to one. Tigers win. Brandon. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Um I think that uh, Clemson is going to get the win and that they're going to go on to repeat as, well, repeat as, uh, you know, guys in in the national championship game. I was going to say repeat as national champion, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, But, yeah, I definitely think uh, Clemson wins this game. I'm certainly hoping that Clemson wins this game because especially with my prediction for the other semifinal. I do not want to see SEC versus SEC again. But. Steven. I guess I'm going to be different here. The last two national title games between Alabama and Clemson were both classic games. Of course, last year being better than the year before. We're not getting that this year. Kelly Bryant is overrated. He's thrown 13 touchdowns in 13 games and six picks, which is – that's good, but, you know. He's, he's good. Okay, you can say he's good with the running games, fresh for 13 touchdowns. But Clemson's offense is 31st in rushing. BMS defense is the top three in the, against the run. Big uh, disadvantage for Clemson there. Also, you have Jalen Hurts, Bo Scarborough, great running back, and – the best wide receiver in all college football, in my opinion, Calvin Ridley. Bama's going to blow Clemson out of the water in the Sugar Bowl, 31-10. to 10. Eric. Now, I have been saying for quite some time Clemson and Alabama would lead to another classic matchup. I've also been saying that for the third year in a row, it could come down to the final play. However... I'm not seeing it as high of a scoring as the past two games between these two teams have been. I think this one, because of the running abilities and running defense for Alabama, they still cannot completely control a mobile quarterback like Kelly Bryant. So I think it's going to be a lot more 
play action, sort of a pass heavy, getting him out of the pocket situation, which not going to be the greatest necessarily for tempo, but that's going to work to Clemson's advantage in the slightest of ways, keeping Jalen Hurts and Bo Scarborough off the field. I see along the lines of a 27-24 game, Tigers, I agree with Harry, win the rubber match. And Brandon. Brandon picked Clemson as well. Ah, yes. So Stevens <laughs> on the island. I am the outside looking in. But you're also picking uh, Oklahoma, correct? Absolutely. So, 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 so myself, hopefully... Yeah. Myself, Brandon, and Eric all have Clemson-Georgia as the national title game. You have Oklahoma <laughs> and Alabama. So, either way, if one of our predictions comes true, there will not be a double SEC. Yeah, I'm, I, that was really bad in 2011. I really hope that has happened again. Yeah, no. No, yeah, I don't see it this time. I, I'm an SEC guy. Does it, does it pain you to have to pick Clemson, Eric? It really shouldn't because, let's face it, it how can I put this? You're at least losing to arguably what will turn out to be the second best team in the ACC. You still had a great run of national championships. Uh, Yeah, let's be honest here. It's kind of hard to root against somebody after they put a beating on you like they did in the regular season. It's one of the reasons that I'm not as upset to be picking Georgia over Mm -hmm. Oklahoma as I normally would be. I saw firsthand what this Georgia team is capable of when I watched that outdoor cocktail party game, and that was a slaughter that Florida did not deserve to score in. Georgia almost became the first team in 30 years to shut out Florida. I think that alone is saying something. And let's also forget that ACC championship game. Yeah. That played out exactly like I anticipated. Clemson is just too dangerous. 38-3, I think it was. Better than 58 nothing, which I'm proud <laughs> of. But boy, we got a long way to go. Hashtag never forget. And, and now that the predictions for the New Year's Six are done, we now step aboard the lane train. But unfortunately, it's already reached its destination. Yep. Sorry, Stephen. It's okay. We went out with the bowl win. Can't wait till next year. We did. We went out with the bowl win last year, and we talked about the fact that Kiffin got offered a 10-year contract extension. All right, so with that being said, we now move on to get it together. I think I'm going to go first here. <sighs> All right, AFC, here's the deal. Jacksonville, Oakland, Cincinnati. Get it together this week. (laughs) All three of you, get it together. Although specifically Cincinnati, and this kind of ties into what I'm going to say a little bit later on in the show. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Okay. (laughs) Cincinnati has an opportunity to ensure for the first time in almost 20 years, the Buffalo Bills will be playing postseason football. A Cincinnati win 
and a Buffalo win on Sunday means the Bills take Baltimore's playoff spot away on the basis of head-to-head victory. Cincinnati, you glorious bastards, get it together. Brandon? I'm going to stick with one of your teams that you were talking about. And I'm going to say, like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about duds, Jacksonville, get it together. Eric will like this. Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you've been playing so well this year. It looked like you even potentially had a chance of getting a first-round bye. And now you're starting to become the Jacksonville team that we all know and nobody loves. Mm-hmm. Want to do anything in the playoffs, Jaguars, get it together. Hold on, why are you coming the team that everybody hates? It's just the magic of Jimmy G, people. Just the magic <laughs> of Jimmy G, okay? Look, I never magic. said they're the team necessarily that everybody hates. What have I been preaching the last month? Jacksonville is not ready for this level of success. I even said last week in that matchup, Jimmy Garoppolo scared me a little bit. And look what happened. We even had a chance to win that game after recovering an onside kick, and we still found a way to crap the bed. And I agree with you, Sean, that Jimmy Garoppolo has been astounding over the last couple of weeks, and I mentioned that when I was talking about the duds. But the fact, I mean, Garoppolo has been the main impetus for the 49ers winning all of these games. The defense hasn't been doing all that great, yet they managed to get three interceptions on Blake Bortles. That's on Bortles, and that's, you know, the team as a whole needs to, needs to move, move past that loss and focus on what they got to do to do well in the playoffs. Well, let me go ahead and add a little bit to this conversation as well by stating that since Garoppolo has left New England to head to San Francisco, the team that was going to pick second in the NFL draft is now all the way back to the number eight pick. Mm -hmm. So while I agree that it is partially that Jimmy Garoppolo magic that the San Francisco 49ers are riding on, Brandon is exactly right when it comes to this time of the year. Even though they have the AFC South clinched, Jacksonville has to get their act together going into the postseason because it could be either a very good Los Angeles Chargers team that Buffalo found out firsthand what they were capable of in the StubHub Center. The Bills themselves, or frick, who was the other team that had to lose? Tennessee. A team that Jacksonville's super familiar with. Well, would that even be possible? Do they have a rule in the NFL, or is it just completely by Not at all. No, because I remember the year that Cleveland made the postseason when they made their return to the league. I think it was like either 02 or 03. They played Pittsburgh in the first round. Ah, okay. I'm yeah, thinking the, baseball. The NFL only had that rule from 1970 up until 1989. Oh, when okay. they entered the current playoff yeah, format yeah. in 1990, that's when they got rid of that rule about division opponents. Okay, I'm thinking baseball. Steven, get it together. I got to tell the Giants to get it together this week. I mean, 
first of all, they're they're already at two thirteen, the worst record in franchise history. They've benched their quarterback. They fired their head coach. One guy, Lenny Collins, called Ill Apple quote unquote cancer. Apple has since been suspended for their final game of the year. It's a dumpster fire in New York. And we're not talking about the Jets, which uh, which is actually very surprising. I thought we would talk about the Jets at this point, talk about dumpster fires, but it's the Giants who need yeah. more they need to get together. Yeah, you're 100% correct there. Usually when you say the terms dumpster fire in New York, you're more likely talking about the Jets. Yes. Or the, or the Mets. At, well, yes, or the Mets. And <laughs> any of the Ets teams, Mets, Jets, or Nets, are the, are the normal uh, suspects for dumpster fires. Or the Islanders. Well, yeah. Hey, that's- the Islanders are actually competitive. And moving back to the island in the new arena, in the Jets mm-hmm. and Mets... And for that matter, the Nets, all three of them are still dumpster fires. <laughs> the Giants just have a bigger flame this year. Um, but I think the Giants um, have, clin- in in a bad way, have clinched the number two overall pick now. Not like they're actually yes. in a two-team race. I thought, that the, I thought that the Bears, since they beat Cleveland, were ineligible for number two. Oh, yes, but I remember the, the Bears are well beyond that. They have yeah, it's it's the the Giants and the Colts, I think. The Colts, yes, Colts it's are the, the only team that's potential because they have three losses or three wins, three wins, or three wins. That's what I meant. <laughs> Eric, who are you telling to get it together? Hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers backups. Yes, you've got the number two seed sewn up. You're not going to play a lot of your starters this week. I understand. But come on. This is still Cleveland. You can still make the Browns make history in one of the most glorious ways possible. Do you have any idea the kind of rivalry you had in the 70s and 80s? The kind of rivalry you still claim you have? You get out there. You do it for the black and yellow. You do it for Steel Town. You get it together and you don't humiliate yourselves by letting the team at the mistake by the lake actually win a game. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned this first, the Browns, but it's really not as big of a rivalry as you might think it is these days anymore. It's more pity fans from more pity for most Steelers fans for Cleveland these days. Oh no, and I and I understand that, which is exactly why you need to reignite that old seventies and eighties hatred. Are we sure that uh, the Steelers, I mean, well, are both games at 1 o'clock or? Um, yes, and the Steelers starters are playing. Yeah, because they still have something to play for. They still have the home field advantage for the rest, for the whole playoff. Eric, your phone hates you right now. Try that again. Uh, the Patriots sealed up a home field advantage thanks to their win in the Jaguars' loss? No, they did not because they're tied with the Steelers. If the, if the Patriots lose and the Steelers win, the Steelers have home field. You really think the Patriots are going to lose to the Jets? No, but technically okay. there is still something to play for. Let's yeah. Let's let's state for the record here. Just because we don't think it will happen, doesn't mean it couldn't. 
All right, fair that, point. That's like me saying, unfortunately, to what Harry said with Get It Together earlier, I don't think there is much of a chance of the Ravens losing to the Bengals either, but stranger things have happened. Available on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, does anybody else have anything to add here, or shall we finally go into our last one of the season? Sean, did you get my sound effect? That's a no. <laughs> I think that's a no, yeah. Are you serious? Hey, that works. Segway! <laughs> All right, Brandon. Lock of the week. Hit me. My lock of the week. We were just talking about it a few moments ago. As long as they play their starters, Steelers over the Browns, culminating the 0-16 Browns Again, Brandon Marshall, parade. I'm right here. I'm going to fly to Cleveland in the middle of winter. How many people will actually say that? <laughs> Can I point out the fact that you better prepare for it to be witches tick cold out here when you do so? Pack yes. heavy. Oh, trust me. I remember, I lived in Maryland for a few years. I've dealt with beyond Florida cold before. <laughs> Steven, block, hit me. My lock of the week is the Patriots over the Jets. I mean, the Jets were good, but that's with Josh McCown. He's broke his hand and he's out. I don't even know if they're, they're Bryce Petty. They're a quarterback now. There's no way they win Foxborough. There's no way. So what you're saying is that the Jets are Petty. <laughs> oh, 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 that's good. I feel like I've used that joke earlier this season. I think you might As a matter of fact, I'm almost certain I've used that joke earlier this season, but I stand by it again. We here at the kickoff are very proud to recycle material. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, see, with my line when I looked it up, I thought that the Patriots and Jets would be a little bit too easy. But then I looked at this line and I figured out, well, this is pretty attractive. Then as Harry informed me as I was making my pick, the line actually moved another point in my favor. My lock of the week, the Vikings clinching the number two seed against the Bears. The Bears. So I must first of all say how tremendously tempted I was to pick the cow- the Eagles over the Cowboys for the sole fact of clinching uh, everything. But unfortunately, they did that with that fail play at the end of the Raiders game. <laughs> Therefore, I am forced to go in a different direction And I am going to homer the absolute bejesus out of this It's so homer, you might as well say no Bills over Dolphins <laughs> Then again, this is a Buffalo team that has a very strong history Of losing games they should win And winning games they should lose So uh, Especially in Miami We'll see what happens Hey, you're going up against smoking Jake Cutler. I like your chances. <laughs> Brandon, upset. Hit me. My upset for this week, which I still cannot believe that this is being considered an upset, I guess because they're home. But the Chiefs over the Broncos at Sports Authority Field at Mile High. Steven, upset, hit me. 
I don't understand how the Titans are a one-point favorite over the Jaguars' defense that's kicked everyone's ass this year, except oh, Jim Garoppolo. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Jaguars are going into to Nashville and tearing the Titans' playoffs hopes apart. Thus potentially helping Buffalo as well. Yeah, well, that that only works if Oakland beats the Chargers. Well, the 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 most guaranteed uh, way that the Bills get in is if the uh, is if the Ravens lose. And damn it, it's gonna happen. My upset pick for the week is Cincinnati over Baltimore. See, I, I, I had to let Harry get that one in because poor dude bursting at the seams. But I will say this, though. For as much crap as I've been talking about the Jaguars at this late stage of the season, fans around these parts still remember what could have been back in 99 had a certain forward pass called forward pass. <laughs> In Nashville. I, I'm just saying. We will demonstrate to the world, if we get the opportunity, what we would have done to you. Can I just point out the fact that I love how Steven's laughing, even though his team is already golfing? At least my team has more than two wins. That's all I got to say about that. Ouch. That's harsh. <laughs> after, this, after this season you guys have had there isn't really one to make um, Eric you're the last one to make your upset pick hit us now I'm kind of curious as to why this is a little bit of an upset pick but I ain't going to be mad the roller coaster that is Cameron Newton and the Carolina Panthers you got one more hill to climb and they're going to do so I'm picking them to cause a little bit more disruption in the NFC South, beat the Falcons, and open the door for Seattle. Who does Seattle play on Sunday? Is it San Fran? It's the Cardinals. Oh, wow. That really opens the door for Seattle. Then if it was San Fran, I'd say maybe because, you know, Garoppolo's apparently Cinderella out there, or Cinderfella out in San Francisco these days. <laughs> yeah, the Niners actually play the Rams, so that could go into a little bit of a seeding factor because the Panthers could wind up getting that first round by after all. Dot, okay, dot, that's assuming that's assuming New Orleans loses to Tampa Bay, which isn't freaking happening. Yeah. Ah, fair point. <laughs> Guys, it's been fun doing this in the regular season. What do you say we get together and do it again for the playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> We're talking about playoffs? <laughs> God, I hope we have that sound effect for me to use next week when we do our first round predictions. Sean, that's your one week warning. Make it happen. <laughs> for the executive producer, Sean Garmer. Oh, wait, we got to do plugs before we get out of here, don't we? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. Let's, let's get some plugs out of the way here. And you know what? Since you actually have something of which to plug, I'm going to start Brandon Miskaving. Yes, uh, I will be co-hosting a new uh, fancy football podcast that we're going to start with a year in review uh, after the Super Bowl in February. It'll be called Fantasy Football to the Max. 
So be on the lookout for that. Um, and while it's not a guarantee that I'm on, I've been on for the last three weeks, so I'll kind of do a, a, a dual plug with Harry. Uh, when I am on, be sure to check out the SmackDown and 205 Live uh, reviews on Tuesday nights. Or even when he's not on, make sure to check him out with myself and Liz Puglisi as well. No, they don't want to listen to you. No, but Liz is really nice and easy to listen to, so there's that. Fair enough. Eric, your turn. At Squid Sportshead on Twitter. Football to the max, Sean. Soccer to the max, Sean. Point of viewer, when I'm in the right state of mind and my computer doesn't hate me. And, as I'm proud to announce... Within the next few days, you'll be seeing certain musings of mine and making a return to the Raider Ramble. Awesome. <laughs> Steven, let's go inside the arena, shall we? Yeah, let's. Uh, unfortunately, Eric's team, the Tampa Bay Storm, ceased operations until who knows when. So unless he is still willing to do with the st- cover the China Reef Football League and our CFL edition of this week in the AFL. Uh, Eric's going to probably leave it inside the ring. But anyway, so you check out inside the ring.org. We have such good stuff coming in 2018 as we get into the video part of the journalism that we do there. And you can also listen to the SEU show every week on W2Net.com. A new episode should be dropping today, possibly tomorrow. Today. I can officially confirm that because our start was delayed because Sean was up de- uploading your episode. Right. Brandon already mentioned you can listen to me and Liz traditionally, Brandon, on the last three weeks on the SmackDown and 205 Live reviews here on the W2M network. Myself and Patrick Ketza hopefully will be back a week from Sunday, January 7th, with a new episode of Wrestling Unwrapped. We have the Wrestling Unwrapped written reviews. And in addition, you can catch myself, Brandon, and Eric on the final top 25 rankings for the college football season after the bowl games over on the W2M net as well. In addition, me, Tony Acero, and new guy Andrew Ballas bring you the return of the Raw Reaction starting next Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern live on the Chair Shot Wrestling Radio Network. So, for our executive producer, Sean Garmer, my co-host, Eric Watkins. Oh, sorry. Got me eating. <laughs> the apparently malnourished Eric Watkins. <laughs> the returning Stephen Er the Third. Great to be back. And Brandon Biscabing. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the kickoff in 2017. We hope 2018 is even better for you and for us here at the show. We'll talk to you next year with our wild card predictions and our college football championship predictions as well. See you next Wednesday here on the kickoff on the W2M network available online at W2Mnet.com. Goodbye, everyone. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.